You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at F&B Wealth and Investment. Wayne, finally, uh, results season is over, so you can relax a little bit. But on the other hand, it's now Reserve Bank season. We've got the South African Reserve Bank's meeting, yes. which started today, concludes tomorrow. There'll be an interesting statement afterwards because of the recent demise of the South African rand and also because of the rise in CPI inflation, consumer price inflation in South Africa going up to 4.9%. And also, of course, the big one, which is the US Federal Reserve. And that's coming out um, yes. this evening. That, that That's the big one. I wonder what tone they will set this oh, evening, yes. Wayne. What do you think? Well, look, very much the same tone as what they've had for a sustained time period now. You know, they, they don't feel there's any underlying inflationary pressures, despite their headline inflation number being so high. They love that word transitory. They see it as transitory and they'll come down. So they will say, effectively, interest rates are not going up yet. However, their quantitative easing is going to be scaled back in imminently before the end of the year. So that's what what they will say. And, I mean, who knows? No one knows the future. Even the American Federal Reserve doesn't know the future. But I think this inflation story is transitory, and I don't think we'll have an inflation scare by the beginning of next year. But the next move in interest rates, yeah, America is up. up. It's not today, it's not this year. But it's up. That is the next move. Yes, it is. But the OECD came out in the last 24 hours saying that they think that inflation worries are going to be with us for two years. So you've got um, people like yourself who are probably more qualified when it comes to watching macroeconomic indicators than the OECD is because it's a giant organization which just push pieces of paper from one place to another. Nothing against them, of course, but I don't think they're as nimble as economists and people like yourself. But they did say two years, Wayne. So where does that come from? Yeah, look, I mean, inflation's been remarkably subdued for the decade, essentially. Yes. Um, and and, And the big reason why people just got scared after the global financial crisis and they didn't borrow and spend. So inflation has been unnaturally low, and it should return to its more natural level of somewhere between 2 and 3% in the OECD countries over the next two years. But the key to watch, and there's only one that really – okay, let's take a step back. What are the dangers to financial markets? There's three dangers. Number one. Pure valuation levels. Mm-hmm. In other words, what valuation is the market at? The second is, is there a debt bubble somewhere that's going to be burst by the third one, which is rising inflation and interest rates? So that's the recipe for a catastrophe in the share market. So we've got one of them, mm-hmm. even though it's not excessive, but the markets are not cheaper. They are their proper valuations going on there. Debt bubble? No. Lucky for us, there's no debt bubble other than the government's debt bubble. But governments can afford a debt bubble because no one pulls in their overdraft and their debt they pay back over extended time periods. You know, it's not a 30-day 
you know, it's multiple, multiple years. And they roll so it over as well. They can roll it yeah. over as well, which is also a yeah. key point, I think. And they only and, and, and they only refinance one fifteenth of their debt any in any one year at higher interest rates if interest rates go up. So they can carry and sustain debt for a far better than any consumer or company can. So there's no real debt bubble, there's no financial debt bubble. There's no consumer debt bubble. There's no bank debt bubble. There's no overgearing in corporates. So that's a plus. You know, the debt sits with governments and my children's children, my children and my children's children might have to answer that that's problem their, at some stage in their lives. But that's, that's, their that's, problem. that's their problem. Exactly right. But we'll, you, yeah. you'll look down the on that. The third them. one is mm. higher interest rates stroke higher inflation. Well, so the key to watch on that one. Is yes. wage inflation? Well, wage inflation is with us. I mean, it's it's coming off a very low base, but it is with us, and it, it very low base, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's it, it, it's edging its way up. But when you say there's no debt bubble, how do you then justify no debt bubble when you've got a company in China that it used to build six hundred thousand homes a year before it got a, a little bit uh, ahead of itself, and is now having to, is now paying is, is having to borrow money in order to pay back uh, an interest rate interest debt this Thursday yeah. of 36 million US dollars its total debt is 315 sorry 305 billion US dollars billion. that is a debt yeah. bubble that is something that, that's yeah, bigger that's than one, most countries that's one company in one country i mean what killed the markets mm. and killed the economies was multiples that level of debt in the financial system and in the consumers. You know, 300 billion in the biggest scheme of debt is a drop in the ocean. Yeah, but you, you know what will happen is that people are digging around and saying, well, if the second biggest property developer uh, in China, which is the world's second largest economy, is doing badly, then surely a lot of other companies are doing badly as well. And we haven't yet heard about them. I'm not saying it's, it's yeah. in the, yeah, in the no, Western it could world. Happen. Yeah. But look, I mean, I, I'm, I don't want to take a positive approach because I think the bull market's over. I, I think this, these wonderful 10, 12 years that we've had, it's over. Yes. And I think some weakness is coming. I just don't think it's an all-out minus 40% collapse. I think it's a 10, 15, 20% fall in the share markets. Because what drives a bull market? Low inflation, that's probably behind us. Mm -hmm. Low interest rates, the next move is up, so that's also probably behind us. Global growth is still good, but the growth rate is slowing down next year. So, you know, you've not got an increasing growth rate. You've got a decreasing growth rate. And valuations are high already. They're not, you know, it's not like after the 2008 crack when valuations were low. Valuations are high already. So, I think the bull market is behind us. And, in fact, yeah, in South Africa, we've still got, I think, a fair chance of making reasonable cash out of South Africa-orientated shares. But you look at these mining shares. I mean, these were the bull shares. Eh? These things have been pounded. Yeah. And uh, you take NASPAS and Process, our two darlings, they have been pounded. You know, so you could even argue the bull markets over in South Africa as well. 
Yeah, well, if you if you take Naspers and Process and, and Tencent, they're all in bear markets. I mean, technically, they are in bear markets. I think yes. uh, Tencent is down something like twenty one and a half percent so far this year, year to date. I don't know about the yeah. or of, of of its high anyway. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Wayne, tell me about two stocks, both beginning with R. Today, Remgro came out with their numbers. And yes. is there a place for companies like Remgro in the future? And also the RMI story, which is part of your stable, of course. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Let's start with RMI. Everyone loved the fact that this 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 structure was suddenly being uh, not dismantled, but certainly adjusted. Yes. Look, look. The the age of holding companies is over. Yes. I mean, fifteen twenty years ago, everything was in a holding company. Just about. You know, literally, all the big companies were in holding companies. Now, in other words, holding companies are a thing of the past. Secondly, the the three founders of First Rand are now retired, and th- there's no real need to keep these control structures in place anymore. Now, this started when they were still there. They unbundled, you know, um, RMH, yes. not RMI, RMH unbundled. They hold, they held the big shares in uh, Discovery and MMI, they unbundled those things a long, long time ago. Yeah. And then they unbundled the FNB also a long time ago. So effectively they were, this company was, you know, 90% of its asset value was unbundled a very long time ago. And what happened is they, RMI now had, the holdings that they got unbundled from the unbundling of RMI and Discovery, so they're just passing that on now. So it's this un- it's this unlocking of hidden value of a discount. It's, it's unlocking of a discount. So they've still got Outsurance and I think Hastings, haven't they? I don't know. I think those are the two companies. I I switch off when it comes to these convoluted deals. And that's what I want to ask you. Why in South Africa did this happen? Why did they get all these cross-holdings? There must have been a reason why the three founders, um, and you know who they are from the Stellenbosch region, why did did all this happen? There must have been some sort of tax reason or some reason because of exchange controls or something. What was it? I I don't think it was a tax reason. I just think they wanted to control the company mm. via a holding company, not owning 50% plus one of the actual shares. So what happened was, you know, they you get company A, that's the main trading company. Then company B, which is the holding company, owns 51% of company A. But then in company B, of company B is held by a a consortium, let's call it that. So effectively, they're controlling company A right at the bottom, but only owning 25% of the shares because they've got 50 plus one in both companies going down. So it it was a way of controlling a company without owning more than 50% of the shares in the direct underlying trading company. And that was the old conglomerates story, the old family wealth story of the 90s and maybe a little bit into the 2000s. 
So, you know, that, that was Rembrandt. You know, Rembrandt had controlling interests in many, 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 many companies. And then the family controlled Rembrandt, but they didn't control, they didn't own all of Rembrandt. So this is to, to unbundled value. And we've seen quite a bit of this recently. I mean, Telcom said they're going to sell their tower business, list their tower business, share jumps 15%. Yeah. RMI says they're going to unbundle the discovery and the MMI share also up strongly. Uh, who else did it? They're the only you know, two Standard that Bank to said they're going to Standard, yeah, Standard Bank. Well, it's not an unbundling, but Standard Bank said they're going to buy out Liberty because they think that there's underlying value there. Liberty share price also went up. But just to come back to Rembrandt, I mean, Rembrandt, you know, Rembrandt's trading at call it 36 rand a share, but their net asset, their net asset value, let me just find it here quickly. Yeah. Uh, where is this? Oh, man. I'm, but it's about, it's it's not quite double that, but it's a, it's quite a bit more. No, sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, my, I, I am, I am going mad here. Let me, let me just get the right company a second. <laughs> I thought something looked a, something looked a little bit weird, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's loading now. You know, computers are not ready to take over the world yet. So, Rembrandt's trading at 130 bucks a share. Yes. Okay. And their net asset intrinsic value is 177. And, you know, in the last day or two, because of this announcement, it's gone up. So, you know, it's up, you know, 10 odd percent. So it's still at a, you know, even with this 10% gain in value, it's still a 30% discount to what they deem the underlying value of the company is. So, you know, Rembrandt, there's opportunities in Rembrandt, to be honest. Uh, I think there's a big discount there. I mean, when you look at the underlying businesses, you know, they haven't, they haven't got bad businesses sitting there at all. You know, the, un the unlisted businesses. Okay. Yeah. And the, the, the REM grow results, talking about REMs, REM grow this morning. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the key to REM grow is not the earnings or the results or anything like that. It's actually the, the discount to net asset value. Yeah. That's what you're actually after on that because they've got – you know, they unbundled their R&B holdings shares during the time period. That uh, that unlocked a little bit of value. Yeah. But they haven't got bad in. They got all the listed investments. You know, they got uh, Distel, uh, the old the old Rainbow Chickens RCL. Yes. Um, and then, but then they got. Um, they've also got uh, what are the unlisted investments? Yeah, they got obviously listed is MediClinic. But they got some chemical and some energy uh, non-listed investments, yeah. So I, I don't think that that discount's a bad thing to actually go in and try and see whether they're going to, whether they also going to to do something more to unlock value there. Okay, so what's happening is that uh, things that seemed like a great idea 20 years ago, suddenly not a good idea anymore, uh, value yeah. being unlocked, and hopefully the, the companies can use the money and, uh, and, and do something a little bit more creative 
in the future. Uh, so, Wayne, what we've got to look forward to now is the U.S. Federal Reserve tonight, which will be interesting. Uh, tomorrow, yes. the South African Reserve Bank, which won't be so interesting because they'll do exactly the same. They've done they'll do ages, exactly the do same, which is nothing. Yeah. Which is absolutely nothing. So now we've got to talk about food. Last week, we talked about your food heaven or your food hell. You told us about the food hell being a stew. You've got this yes. irrational yeah, hatred yes. of stew uh, because of... Um, yes. uh, you know, you, it's not irrational. Mm. It's not irrational. It's entirely valid. I don't know. I love stew. It's wintertime it's coming not up in, in Norway. It's not, it's not irrational at all. In my world, it's, it's an extremely valid thing. Okay. Okay. But what about your food heaven? If I had to say to you, okay, Wayne, uh, you've, been, you've, you've, been such a, you've been such a stalwart over the years speaking to me every Wednesday and we talk about this and I know you have a bit of fun and I do as well. But on the other hand, I feel uh, beholden to you, so I have to reward you. I fly over to Johannesburg and I take you somewhere. What is your ideal meal that I would uh, present before you? You'll have to – well, look, there are two and I wouldn't like to choose between the two. So the one we've spoken before on numerous occasions, which every single Sunday. The roast. The roast. Mm. You cannot beat it. It is two delicious four words. Right. It, it, it is truly a catastrophe if we've got something else on, on a Sunday and we can't go. All right. It, and I mean, let me let, let me expand on that a little bit. You know, you, there's this thing on. Uh, it's, it's like a food trip that you go to. It's very nice. I've been on one. You go to a restaurant, and you sit down at the table, and I got projectors, sort of in the ceiling, and it shines a little animated story on your on on the table in front of you, and it's lovely music, and it's beautifully animated, and it's a story about. A, a little boy going on a trip through the world, and then you'll stop in a country, and then you'll get a meal from that country. Then you'll go to another country with another little story, and you'll get a meal from that country. And they're all very small helpings, but you end up getting about eight or ten of these meals, these little samplers from all the different culinary ports, places that this little child goes to. I mean, it is fantastic. Nice. So, very nice. So, we got a present to go to the one last Sunday, but it starts at one o'clock. Oh, so that was great. We said, okay, we're going to miss the roast. But then fortunately or unfortunately, I got an infection under my fingernail and I had to go to the emergency ward at the hospital. For a fingernail? I went there at eight o'clock. You know, an infection under my fingernail. So I went there at 8 o'clock and they said, we've got a specialist coming back at 12 o'clock. Come back at 12 o'clock. So I went back at 12 o'clock and they ripped my nail out and they put it in bandage. But by then it was past 1 o'clock. So See? it was terribly unfortunate. We couldn't go to the special food journey because they tell you, you have to be there at 1 and they close the door. You can't go late. You're not let in after 1. Oh, okay. So unfortunately or unfortunately, we had to go to and have a roast. So that's one of my food heavens. The other food heaven is a restaurant called and and and, the, and food heaven there costs you a hundred and thirty rand for a man's portion. That's for and nothing. That that's like a, a starter portion. in a fancy restaurant in Santon. Yeah. And it is a man's portion. Okay. Mm. Then my second one is Laurentino's, nice Portuguese restaurant. They have the one kilogram 
prawns national that's baked in the prawns or baked in their shells in like a beer and uh, spicy peri-peri sauce in a couple of layers of tin foil and put in the oven and baked and you get it out and you open up this parcel and you have these prawns with some rice and then maybe you put a bit more garlic sauce on you, a little bit cautious to put more peri-peri on because their peri-peri is hot. So those are my two food efforts. Wayne, in that case, I shall consider both of those when I fly over to see you in December or whenever it is. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.